So this morning, um, we are going to be in Luke 18, Luke 18, verse, starting in verse 9. So if you guys want to turn there and get, get in uh, that section. So this, um, I, a few times few times back when I preached, I, I mentioned this passage, and I was like, you know what, I really want to preach on that that passage, um, because this is one of my favorite, favorite parables um, that Jesus talks about in Luke, and uh, I, I really love how the dynamic is in this parable, but first, um, first while you guys are turning there, uh, how, how many, how many of you guys would consider yourself foodies. Uh, my, my wife calls me a foodie because um, I, I, like, I like bougie food. And, uh, and some of you are like, okay, what the heck is that word? Uh, and, and it's funny because we actually talked about this two weeks ago in our staff meeting because uh, we are calling Pastor Aaron bougie. Um, uh, but that's, that's okay. It's not... It's not uh, it's not a bad word. Uh, bougie is just uh, is like liking nice things. Um, but, but the thing that I like, I like to eat um, good food. Um, but, but the ironic part is, and Becky will never let me live this down, ever. Because I can't cook. Um, I can, there, there's a difference between cooking and grilling. Uh, and, and I am terrible at cooking, but I would say I'm pretty decent at grilling. So, uh, when we were dating, uh, we, uh, we, Becky was like, okay, let's go get some brownies, have a little dessert for tonight. Um, we are, we are eating dinner together and, uh, I went to go make the brownies and I don't think I've ever made box brownies in my life before. And she will never let me live this down, but I forgot to put the eggs in. <laughs> so it got done, and we called them water brownies, because it was basically just mix and water. Uh, and I, and I, me, being terrible at cooking, thought that there was nothing missing. Uh, but, but here's the thing. A few years down the line, uh, I'm like... I got on this kick, I don't know, maybe some of you guys are like me, but I'm like, I really want to try that food that I've never tried before. Um, so I really wanted to make beef wellington. <laughs> don't ask me why, because I don't know why. But I just, I was like, okay, I want to try that. Uh, and so uh, I made beef wellington. And it actually turned out good. And so, so Becky always jokes with people. She's like, yeah, he can't make brownies, instant box brownies, but he can make beef wellington and it tastes really good and have it turn out really nicely. And she's like, there's, there's a disconnect here a little bit. Well, we're going to be looking at some, some uh, two people in this passage 
We're actually going to be looking at a few different people in this passage. But there's a disconnect between um, what they're doing. They're doing some things really well. And then they're doing some things really bad. You see, there are these people that think they are doing something good. And thinking that they're doing the correct things. Like putting, making beef wellington well. When in reality, they don't even know how to make instant brownies. While on the other side, there are people who are humble and they can see their flaws. They can see that they mess up from time to time. And they even mess up during little easy things. And this is what makes this passage um, stick out in my head when I, when I read it for the first time. Um, because there is such a disconnect between what some people think. And, and even I see myself in this passage a lot. So we're going to be in Luke 18, verse 9. And we're going to be going through verse 14. Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. And I want to give a little context for this passage. um, Because it it will inform you how you read it. Um, Because there are some things going on here that we might not understand in this day and age. Um, So so we're going to see two characters. Two characters. We're going to see the Pharisee. And we're going to see the tax collector. The Pharisee and the tax collector. The first one, the Pharisee. These are the people who are the religious leaders in the area during the time. In Jesus' area, in Jesus' time, the Pharisees are the religious leaders. They are the people who, who, who basically control religious thought, and and they basically tell people how they should go about their religious duties if they are a Jew. And you might think, well, these people probably got everything figured out. They have everything figured out, and they know exactly what to do, what to say, how to pray, the traditions, the sacrifices, Everything that they're supposed to do, they will know how to do it. And that's the thing. We see so many times throughout the Gospels, Jesus calling out the Pharisees for missing the point. Jesus calling out the Pharisees for missing the point because they get so wrapped up in how they look and what they are supposed to be doing in what other people are supposed to be doing, and elevating themselves higher than the people around them. You see, they had a works-based righteousness. A righteousness that they could achieve because they were doing the right thing at the right time. They saw themselves as righteous because They did the right thing. 
you know, I thought I was a pretty good cook when I pulled off my beef wellington. I thought I was pretty slick because I was like, well, I'm, I could basically be a master chef. <laughs> Actually, so full disclosure, me and Becky were watching Master Chef. Has anybody watched that show before? Uh, that's why I wanted to cook it because I was like, they talk about this a lot. I really want to try making it. So I, I was, I was thinking like I was like, okay, I can make this. I could probably make a lot of other things, but uh, you know, I still go and mess up lots of different things like the instant brownies. But that is what the Pharisees are like. They see that okay, I'm doing this thing right. I'm doing good. I'm doing really good because I checked this box. Because I can achieve this and I did it on my own power. I did it on my own power. You see, we have been looking at how is your soul? How is their soul? How are the people around you? How are their souls? And, and how we can be the church in that dynamic. Having a healthy soul and having people around us and, and, and caring for their healthy soul. That is how we are the church to the people around us. You see, the Pharisees got some of it right. They got some of it right. And I think that's why Jesus chose to kind of harp on them a lot. Because he could see that, yes, you guys know. You guys have the head knowledge. You know the right things to do. Which many times they were right in what they were doing. But they still had an unhealthy soul. They still had an unhealthy soul, even though they knew the right things to do many times. And Jesus wanted to point that out to them. So that was our first character in the parable. Our second character that we're going to get to is a tax collector. And this, this, this is the, the character that we might not understand all too well. Um, maybe you've heard, uh, if, you've, if you've read the, the Gospels, uh, Jesus talks about the tax collectors quite a lot. But in general, we don't really have um, a profession in this day and age uh, that is quite equates to the tax collector of Jesus' time. Um, but these people were generally disliked. By almost everybody. You see, the tax collector was a person on behalf of the state, of the Roman government, of the people who were ruling over Jerusalem and the surrounding area of the time. These were the people that needed to go collect the money. And sometimes taxes in that day and age were pretty dang harsh. Uh, some estimates say that it was up to 50% of what a person made in a year, which is pretty crazy to me. But 
they weren't just the people who on behalf of the state would come and basically take your money, but they were also somewhat like gangsters of the time. Now, they weren't the gangsters, but they were like, okay, like, you aren't paying me. I'm going to have to go back to the Romans and tell them this person didn't pay. And then that would put the fear into the people because they don't want the Roman soldiers coming in, knocking on your door, saying like, okay, like, pay up or there's going to be consequences. You see, the tax collectors were not liked. And to put even more on, some tax collectors were not honest people. Some tax collectors weren't honest people. They would take more than what they needed so that they could take some of the profits. And so all of this culminates into a profession, people who aren't very much liked by everybody else. Even the Romans in general didn't like these tax collectors. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot if the people you're collecting taxes for don't even like you because they think you're dishonest and greedy. I, uh, I was trying to think of some way to kind of bring the tax collector into the modern day. And it'd be like if the IRS came and sat next to you while you were doing your taxes and said, you know what, you better get this right or we're going to break your legs. That's kind of what the tax collector, or not we're going to break your legs, but we're going to tell somebody else to break your legs. That's kind of how uh, it worked back in the day. They, They would basically say, you don't do this for us, We're going to go tell the big bad people that you need a talking to. And so that's where the tax collectors in general, in the minds of the people during this time are. They were not liked. They were reviled by most people. They were looked at as outcasts, even though they may have been wealthy in money. They were not wealthy in social status. And that's where we get to today in the parable. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He is talking to the Pharisees. He is talking to the people around him. And he brings these two people that many of those people in his audience would understand their characteristics. You know what? The Pharisee is our religious leaders. They're the ones who know what's right. And they do what's right. And then there's the tax collector. Who we do not like one bit. And we look down upon because they're dishonest and they're greedy. And they're doing the work of the enemy. So that's where we are in verse 9. Read with me. We're going to read this first verse and we're going to stop and we're going to kind of look and see why Jesus is telling this. Once again, Luke chapter 18, verse 9. It says, 
He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Stop right there real quick. This is the reason that that Luke tells us exactly why Jesus gave us this parable and why he is giving this parable to the people that he is with. He tells us exactly why. Sometimes, have, have you ever been reading the Gospels and read a parable and you're like, Jesus, why did you give us that parable? There's a few like that, especially in Luke. When I read it, sometimes I'm like, okay, like, what are you trying to get at, Jesus? And I really have to look and, and really understand what the context is. But, but here, it's, it's easy. He tells us exactly why he gave this parable. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. He's looking straight at the Pharisees saying, you guys who think you can do no wrong, who have done all the right things and think that you are above everybody else and look down upon everybody, you think you've made it. You think you've made it. You think that you are righteous in the eyes of God because you do all these traditions, you do all these things, and you think you have earned your way up to God and made yourself righteous. And the other half, and treated others with contempt. You've treated others with contempt. You look down upon people. You see yourself as higher up and you are looking at the people that are maybe less than or maybe don't have enough, have as much wealth or maybe don't follow the same strict set of rules that they were following. Can I just say that this parable is not just for the Pharisees, it is not just for the people that were Jesus was speaking to. It is not just for Luke's audience when he wrote the Gospels, but it's also for us today. Many times, I know even in my life, and I know it has happened in your life, that we have looked down upon other people because, you know what, maybe they don't do the same things that I do. Or... They don't pray like I do, or they don't do as many activities as I do, or maybe they don't give as much as I do. That's an unhealthy soul, and that is exactly what Jesus is calling us out of, and it's why he is giving us this parable. Let's read on verse 10. And this is the start of the parable that Jesus is saying. Verse 10, two men went up into the temple to pray. Both of our characters here. One, a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. Here we get the Pharisee and what he does. Verse 11, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed this. If you can imagine the Pharisee at the synagogue or the temple 
um, kind of standing far away from people, making sure that he is made known, that they, other people see him, and that he looks righteous. Putting himself maybe not next to the riffraff, but enough so that people can see him praying. You see, we get the sense in other, in other stories that the Pharisees wanted to be seen by other people so that they could show off their righteousness, that they, should show, that they could show off their status to the people around them. So the Pharisees standing up and maybe even saying his prayer in a loud voice so that everybody could hear. It says this, the Pharisee standing by himself prayed this, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Wow. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I'm not like that riffraff. I'm not like those other people. I am not like that. I'm something better. God, look at me. I'm doing the right things. I'm not doing these things. That makes me righteous. You see, the Pharisee had a heart. A heart that trusted in himself. A heart that said, you know what? I do the right things. And thus that makes me righteous. I'm doing it right. They're doing it wrong. God favors us. And here's the thing. Do I think that Jesus would say, you know what, go ahead and do those things. Not even a little bit. But here's the thing. Jesus wanted to get to the heart of the issue. He, Jesus wasn't saying, okay, go be adulterers, go be extortioners, go do all this other stuff that these tax collectors or these other people are doing. No, Jesus isn't saying that. He's, but he's, he's saying to them, just because you, do, you don't do these things, that does not make you righteous. Because there are many other things that you do that make you unrighteous. It is only, it is only through a relationship with me, a relationship with God, and it is only through God that will make you righteous. It's only through God that's going to make you righteous. But the Pharisee doesn't see that. He sees himself as, you know, I did this thing or I don't do these things. So God is going to have favor upon me. And that makes me righteous. Works based righteousness. 
I can cook a good beef wellington, but at the same time, I can't even make a box brownie. Keep reading with me. Let's see our contrast here. The opposite, the tax collector. The one that is reviled by so many during Jesus' time. Skipping down to verse 13. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. It doesn't say this, but I, I, I do picture, I think this is okay. I do picture the tax collector on his knees um, because it says he won't even lift up his eyes. Um, I don't really see him just standing there like this with his head down, but I, I see him uh, on his knees with his head to the floor saying this prayer. And reaching out to God. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes up to heaven. But beat his breast. Saying, God be merciful to me a sinner. God be merciful to me a sinner. And here's the difference. Between the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee says look at the things that I've done. I'm righteous. While the tax collector. Knows that he. Needs God. A tax collector knows that he needs God because he is a sinner. Because he has done wrong in his life. That he, doesn't, that he hasn't always done the right thing. And that he is looked down upon by other people. Be, probably because of those things. He knows that he is reviled. And he knows that he needs God to forgive him of those things. And so... His prayer is very simple. His prayer is very simple. God be merciful to me, a sinner. He understands that he's a sinner. Whereas we see the Pharisee saying, you know what, God, look at me. I got things figured out. I'm good. I don't need you to be merciful towards me, God. I've already done everything. How many times in our lives do we say to ourselves that we got this figured out? That I can do it on my own? That I don't need other people? I got it figured out, God. I can do this. When in reality, Jesus is calling to us, saying, no, you don't. You need me. You need my grace. You need my mercy. You need my forgiveness. 
You need my love. You need my righteousness. Because without those things, you're nothing. Without those things, you have an unhealthy soul. Without those things, you cannot be a light to other people. Without those things, you cannot be the church to those around you. You see, even though people look to the Pharisees for their religious, as their religious compass many times in this time, they weren't very liked too. They weren't very liked either because they saw themselves as better than other people. So even though this Pharisee is saying, you know what, I got this all figured out and people look to me and I have all this status, people still look to them and, and said, you know what, they're so prideful. How can I follow somebody like that? How can I follow somebody who thinks they're righteous on their own merit? Keep reading with me. Verse 14, this is Jesus speaking to, his, to the people. I tell you, this man, talking about the tax collector, says, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Talking about the Pharisee. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Here's the thing. Jesus is flipping the understanding of righteousness on its head. For the people. For the Pharisees. For the tax collectors. For his disciples. Remember why he gave this parable in the first place. Verse 9, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. He gave this parable to correct what the Pharisees were doing wrong and for anybody who would follow in the Pharisees' footsteps. He wanted to correct them in forgetting to put that egg into the brownie mix. He didn't want them to fall into the same trap. You see, Jesus, Jesus does not call us to himself because we have everything figured out and that we have somehow been so good that Jesus is like, okay, now you can come. Okay, now you can come have a relationship with me because you have things figured out and you got everything right. That's not what it's about. That's not even close to what it's about. The gospel is that we have forgiveness of sins 
through Jesus' death and resurrection. And because of that, because of that, we have righteousness. Because of that, we have been justified. It's not the other way around. We get our righteousness. We get our justification through Christ alone. It's not on something that we do. It's not on some religious practice that we do, that we make it to church every week, or that we read through the Bible in a year, or that we have passages memorized. You know, those are good things, but they are not going to make you righteous in and of themselves. The only thing, the only sure thing that we can rely on that will make us righteous, that will give us forgiveness, is Jesus. Jesus is telling us, take your pride and humble yourself. Be like the tax collector. And here's the thing. People would have heard this parable and they would have thought to themselves, Jesus, you know what you're telling us to do, right? You're telling us to be like a tax collector? You're telling us to be like a tax collector? What kind of backward stuff is this? You're telling us that you don't want us to be like the religious leaders? These people that have been leading us? These people that are so righteous on the outside? You're telling us not to be like them. Jesus wanted not the outward display of actions, but he wanted to get to the heart of it. He wanted to see the heart posture of the people he was talking to. And so this parable, if we could, if we could sum it down to one thing, one question is what, where is your heart? Where is your heart? Is your soul healthy? Is your heart in a place that is so wrapped up in what people think about you, what people see in you, in the actions that you do? Or is your heart humble and relying on God? For the righteousness in your life. For all the good things that you do. That you are relying on God. Not, not yourself. But knowing that God only gives you the strength. To do what he asks you to do. Let me ask you guys this morning. He wants us to show, Jesus wanted to show us the dichotomy, the difference between 
seeing yourself as righteous and being a person of forgiveness. So the question is, and I think the question that we are being asked from this parable is who are you in the story? Like I said, we have two characters. We have the Pharisee and we have the tax collector. And the first thing we want to do is we want to see, okay, what do they do? And Jesus is asking, who are you in the story? And I know my heart wants to go and say, you know what? I want to be, I am the tax collector. I'm not like that Pharisee. I do the right things. I submit myself to God. I give that short prayer saying that, you know what, I rely on God for everything else. I am not like that Pharisee in the story. And yet, as soon as I do that, I make myself just like the Pharisee because I look down upon him because I am doing something more right than him. You see, I think that's the genius of what Jesus was trying to get at in this story. And that it doesn't matter where you are in your walk, but that you be relying on God through it all. Because the thing is, whether you are the Pharisee or the tax collector, if you are looking down on other people, if you are not humbling yourself, if you are not submitting yourself to God, then you become just like that Pharisee. You become just like that Pharisee. When you say to yourself, yeah, I am that tax collector because I do this, this, and this, you're not any better. I know I do it in my life. I know that everybody here does it in their lives. That we build ourselves up with pride and say, you know what, I did the right thing. I did the right thing. So my challenge to us this morning, where are you at? Where are you at? Are you trusting in yourself? Do you have an unhealthy soul? A soul that says, you know what, I have done this. I've arrived. I've gained my righteousness because of what I have done. Or am I solely resting my righteousness on what God and Jesus has done for me?
You see, this is essential if we want to be a light in the darkness in this world. It is essential if we want to be the church to those around us. You see, so many times we go around family that maybe isn't saved or maybe isn't following the Lord, and we look down on them. That we go to work and we see people living unrighteous lives and and doing unrighteous things and we say, you know what, I'm not as bad as them. I'm doing the right thing. But see, that attitude is the attitude that drives people away. And that's what Jesus was getting at, is that he was saying, the Pharisees are driving people away because of their attitudes towards others. Where are we at as a church? Where is your heart? So my challenge, I know I've said challenge about three times, but we have to ask ourselves, where am I in this? Where am I in this parable? Am I trusting in God? Am I trusting in myself? We're about to pray, and I'm going to ask the band to come back up. Uh, There's going to be some people up here in the front and in the back. Um, If you need prayer during this time of worship, I ask that you just come up. That you wouldn't um, wait. That you wouldn't think, okay, I'll I'll do this later. Or that, you know, I, I, I I don't need prayer. I got things all figured out. No. Jesus is asking you. Jesus is calling you. To come be. Made righteous. Not on your own doing. But on his doing. Pray with me. God we ask that you would. Be our soul strength. That you would give us the strength to be righteous. Not that, it, that, that it's based on our doing, but God, that it is based on what you are doing in our lives and through us. God, I pray that, that throughout our weeks, that throughout our lives, that our, our jobs, with our families... that we would be relying on you and not not raise ourselves up pridefully above other people. That we would not act like the Pharisee around others. God, we ask that you would work in us, that you would humble us, God, that you would help us realize where we are at, that we would 
that we would come to you with an unhealthy soul so that you can make it healthy. That we can come to you with a prideful heart and that you would make it humble. God, it is all based upon your work and nothing that we do. Lord, so we come to you this morning in prayer. We come to you this morning in worship that we can solely rely on you. Lord, we love you and thank you. In your name, amen.